podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. person we're going to bring in for the ABS TV one-on-one is a guy who spent two years in Belfast uh, leaving as a 50 goal scorer in one season um, and hopefully that's not the last we've seen of him Mr. Darcy Murphy how are things good good how's it going Kitch yeah it's all good mate all good here we're sort of cocooned at home and I think that's pretty much similar to what's happening in Ontario at the minute too is it Oh, yeah. Everything, uh, all of Canada is pretty much locked down, only uh, essential services and that kind of things. Yeah, well, hopefully hopefully it doesn't last any much longer because it's uh, striding me up a wall. But um, <laughs> obviously, everybody that, you know, the, the key workers, the doctors and nurses are doing a, a brilliant job, not just in Northern Ireland, but right the whole way through the world, you know. Absolutely. Um, I want to take you back to when you stuck skates on for the first time. Um, do you remember going back that far or... Or how did you come across your love for hockey and skating? Um, well, I mean, hockey is kind of a big part of our, a lot of our family are interested in it. have played, obviously, like my parents and uncles and that kind of thing. And uh, I started when I was about uh, two or three. There's actually a video of when I was, it was just a public skate at the local rink or whatever. And so I don't really remember it, but I only remember it because there is a video and I saw it. I don't think I, uh, left the boards too far back then some things never change <laughs> yeah um you when you started playing hockey obviously as you said it's, it's common knowledge and, and you know it, it's it's basically the same as walking when you, you get a pair of skates on you in canada and that's you off and running but obviously you know did you have a, the facilities that your your dad have the opportunity to, to have you skating outside or did you have a rink in your back garden in the winter yeah well actually um my uncle lives just down the road, and he had a few sons that ended up going to NCAA too. And he always had a front, a little pond out front of their house, so we uh, we skated there quite a bit when we had uh, some free time in the winter when the the ice was good. Who was your first hockey team? Who did you play for first? The Deserano Bulldogs. How, what age were you when you started playing for them? Um, I think it would have been four or five. It was just kind of like. I don't know what it would be called similar in the UK, but it's called uh, like Tyke here. It's uh, the first year that you can play like competitive hockey or as competitive as it can be for five-year-olds, you know. And did you know straight away that you, you wanted to be a forward? You didn't want to put the goalie gear or anything on? I actually wasn't uh, wasn't too good. I usually skate for about a few strides and fall down, but I always got back up and eventually... Eventually, I learned how to do it. Now, uh, it's kind of like riding a bike. But back then, it wasn't. Pushing through, as a, you know, in the early teens, what, what sort of level are When you were looking at, at, you know, obviously, you're going to school and then you're, you're playing hockey in school as well, I take it. But what's your, what, what's your, your thought process? What is it you want to be when you're at 12, 13, 14 years of age? Yeah, you know, I don't... Uh... I'm not really sure. We're looking back. I don't know. There was always a lot of things you wanted to be, like a firefighter, police officer, and those kind of things. It's something I probably would have been interested in. But, I mean, I never had any, like, cut-in-stone dreams that uh, I wanted to be other than being a hockey player. And, fortunately enough, I still get to do that. 
you get into your mid-teens and uh, uh, you, you have, a, have a season playing with the Trenton Golden Hawks and then you move on to Wellington um, and you meet up with a certain Curtis Leonard. What is what was that all about? <laughs> Actually, um, I played with Curtis Leonard since I was about six or seven. I moved to, uh, like, the area has a triple-A team, which would be, like, the highest level, and he was in the neighboring town. So eventually we met up and we played together since we were about six or seven years old. So I knew him well well before then. And what, obviously you're moving into your plan at that, that level where you're, you're hoping to get recognized maybe uh, by an OHL team or, or obviously, you know, guys who um, from the Scouts, the Pro Scouts or NCAA. Is that where you, you were first seeing playing for Wellington? Um, yeah, it would have been for sure. You go to like their camps and stuff. I mean... There would have been a few guys on our team that would have been drafted the OHL, but uh, me and Curtis Leonard weren't. So it was kind of, we were just trying to find a spot to play and get an opportunity anywhere we could at that point. And uh, we were fortunate enough that we ended up meeting up again. And we've been playing to play with them for about probably a total of a dozen years now. So built up quite a relationship. That certainly seems so. Um, Talk us through the process of, of being spotted. Um, Colgate University was your chosen uh, NCAA school to go to. How does that move come about? Because obviously in the UK, we don't have anything like that. Yeah, it was um, uh, my 19-year-old season. I started to uh, you know put up some pretty good numbers and points. And the scouts would come watch our games. There would be some showcase tournaments and stuff that all the teams in the league would be playing in. So you'd usually have a lot of NCAA scouts there because they could see everybody. And uh, a lot of guys will get scouted when they're younger, but I was kind of a late bloomer, I guess you could say. So it wasn't until about my 19-year-old season that uh, some NCAA team started knocking on the door. And then I went for a visit to that Colgate University. And uh, as soon as I went there, I knew it was the right fit for me. And I committed uh, the next week. And commit the next week, you then became friends with a certain Sparrow. Yeah, well, that would have been that would have been when I actually got there. But yeah, big time. Colgate University, the first year, you know, you're scoring double figures. You get into ten goals that season. College hockey, college life. Again, there's there's nothing like that in Northern Ireland. What's it all about? Um, for me, it was obviously. Uh, you get the best of both worlds. You're getting education and you're playing top hockey for for 18 to 22 year olds is what it would be, give or take. So it was a pretty good opportunity. And uh, it's a small school. It was only about three hours from my house. So it just kind of seemed like the right fit. And uh, don't regret one second of it. It was a lot of fun on and off the ice. Again, you come up with um, another Ontarian. Uh, and Kai Vaughn, Kai Vaughn, you've spent a, again, you know, we spent a couple of seasons with him. And and um, what sort of player was he at college level? Bonner was a pretty good player. He was uh, obviously still is. He was big and strong, and he could kind of bully kids around pretty good. So Kyle Vaughn was definitely a standout when uh, we were there, and he was my roommate uh, a couple of years. So got along pretty good with him, and. Uh, Built a, also built a pretty good relationship there, too, that uh, we've kept going throughout the years, obviously, and then joined up in Belfast. It was uh, it was really something, a great experience. Yeah, it wasn't your first time in Belfast, though, at that stage? 
Um, you came over for the friendship four. What was your your first? Um, what was your first vision? What was your first thoughts on on Belfast? And, and what were you told when you went back to school that year about the trip upcoming and heading over to the UK to, to play in the friendship four? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you don't really have any idea. You don't know what to expect. Like you're you're coming to you know, Northern Ireland, you don't know what kind of a rink they're going to have, the facilities and stuff. So it really, you're just kind of going in blind. And then obviously you get there and you realize how like amazing the place is, the city itself. And then obviously the SSC arena is top class. So it's kind of, you realize, you know, it's not like, not somewhere that takes their hockey for granted or anything like that. And you can see the love and the passion that the city and the team has. So it's pretty eye opening. I think guys really understand how big hockey actually is in Northern Ireland. And you kind of think like, oh, maybe this wouldn't be too bad of a fit for me. So that was the way I kind of looked at it. I mean, obviously I'm sure other guys are different, but I was pretty, uh, pretty happy with, I've never been to Europe at all before that. So it was, it was all an eye opener and I, I really, really liked it. And it must've been good, uh, good cracking. And obviously coming here with all your, your Colgate uh, teammates and, and, guys that you spent ultimately four years with. It must have been a really good trip for you too. Yeah, it is. You know, they're all they're all your best buddies from college. You know, there's 20 best friends going over. So we had a lot of fun both on and off the ice when we were there. And uh, obviously the whole organization must have liked it because they, they went back last year too and I heard good stories. So Yeah, it was definitely – I mean, they seemed to enjoy themselves last year as well. Yeah. Um, you get your senior year in Colgate – and then you get a chance to play a few games in the ECHL. What's the, I mean, ECHL is very similar to the EIHL. Um, but when you're coming out of hockey, or coming out of college, sorry, 22, 23 years of age, and get straight in the ECHL, was there a big transition period there for you? Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, you know, it's a whole other ball game. You're playing professional hockey, and, you know, it's not like you're, everyone's looking to get move up to the AHL and stuff. So it's a little more competitive internally as well. But I was actually lucky enough. I went to the East coast after college and uh, joined up with Spiro Galakis for the rest of that season, who was obviously a close buddy at Colgate. So it would uh, help me adjust a little bit more. Tulsa the following year, uh, again, you spent, you know, 55 games there and 18 goals. And then did you get called up to Manitoba or was it the other way around? Yeah, I got called up to Manitoba. I think it was uh, mid-November, somewhere around there, and then I uh, was up there till about Christmas time, and then I went back to Tulsa. And you played with a couple of guys there who are playing regular in the NHL. Now I noticed that Kyle Connor, Brandon Lemieux, Brandon Tanov as well. What's the what's the level like at the AHL from from their, their side of things? Do you just know that those guys are going to get to the show. Yeah, well, it was it was kind of maybe a little different situation. Manitoba or the Winnipeg Jets were kind of younger. They were doing a little bit of a rebuild, I think, or whatever it was. They had a lot of young guys that were playing in the AHL that were getting that experience, and I think they all knew that they were going to be their go-to guys in the NHL at some point, or at least hoping for that. So there was a lot of young talent on that team. I don't know if that's the same for all AHL teams, but there was a lot of guys that were, you know, some were 20 years old, and you could tell they – Really had a lot of talent and skill. And then you get the call from uh, Adam Cage and Steve Thornton. When, what time of the year did you get called about that? Obviously, was it 
was it something like a seed was planted when you were in Belfast with the French of four, or was it somebody from Colgate reached out to you and, and asked about the possibility? Uh, well, I think the seed was planted in my own mind when I saw it, and I really really liked it and thought it would be somewhere that I'd like to play and live for two years and do my schooling as well, and that was pretty enticing. So I think it was February or so that uh talked to Thorts and he uh, – said that they'd like to have me and I wanted to go too. So it was a match that worked and it really ended up working out well for both parties. So you, you're, you're talking about obviously the Colgate and as a, as a, sh- a student athlete um, at the, well, not amateur level, they're certainly still in school, but coming over to the UK, um, going to school at the Ulster University, a lot of people don't realize that the workload that's actually put on your plate for that. That is, I mean, it, obviously you're, First and foremost, here to play hockey, but you've got a big opportunity there. That, that you know, after hockey doesn't last forever, um, but you've got a big opportunity to learn and, and obviously, you know, get a, a, a master's out of that as well. How was that for you? I mean, it was great for me. It was uh, it was part time, so it wasn't quite as demanding as uh, when you're doing it in uh, undergrad, where you had about you know six hours of class every day. Um, the MBA program was a lot of uh, older people that had already started their careers and were advancing themselves. So the program was usually you had eight hours one day a week and then the rest was done from home. So it was a little different, but definitely still demanding, but it was uh, good. You had time to relax and do some stuff and travel around and see. And so it was kind of, you know, it wasn't something that you could just go out and do like, anywhere else it was a good opportunity for hockey and uh schooling when did your food membership for the heart bar come along <laughs> uh spiral glaucus i think started that <laughs> <laughs> well not going to start talking about taxis at this stage but um <laughs> as, as you're getting um, you're coming to belfast for the first year you know brought in a lot of new faces that year you're you're playing with spiro again um you're you know you're getting settled in in belfast your first year and you come up with, pretty sure it was 33 goals that year. You must have enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I mean, the start of the year, I had a pretty slow start. And there obviously was a lot of, of players that were on the team that had better resumes than me prior to showing up. So my first start, the first month was a little slow. And then once I started to make the adjustment, I felt better and had a good, good uh, strong finish to the end of the year. So I was really happy about that. And I think it gave me a little more confidence going into the following year, too. The first year, we'll, we'll stick on it for a few minutes. But, you know, as you say, it, it was um, a season where it didn't obviously challenge as much to the league as what you really would, would like to have had. But coming up with that first trophy as a professional, um, the Challenge Cup in Cardiff and up against all the elements, obviously the weather wasn't great. And, and uh, again, in to play the Cardiff Devils in Cardiff and, and obviously, you know, hump them to a certain extent as well. Uh, it, it's always good getting into somebody else's barn and, and picking up a trophy. But uh, you, I was there, and it, I mean, you certainly looked as if you enjoyed that one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you get a taste for for winning a trophy, and you kind of realize how much fun it is. And it's obviously something that you're going to want to do again and work as hard as you possibly can to get back to that situation. So again, it was one of those things where it's an experience that you want to have again, and uh, it was good building stone for the core group of guys that ended up uh, coming back the next year. 
Is it? Uh, you think it's fair to say that you maybe not as an individual, but as a group, you probably underachieved after um, winning the Challenge Cup. You didn't really have the best end into the season, and obviously that you'd not get into the playoff weekend as well was was disappointing. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, obviously, maybe it was kind of one of those things where you're like, you know, you feel like, well, maybe our job's done. You know, we won this trophy, but. I mean, I wasn't thinking like that at all. You know, you're still working your hardest. You want to win everything you can. But maybe maybe it crept in a little bit throughout the locker room, and I think maybe took our foot off the gas a little too early. And, but, I mean, it's tough to say. Looking back now, you don't really, you don't really know for sure. You played much of your two years um, with uh, David Rutherford and, and Blair Riley. A lot of success, a lot of goals, a lot of, assess a lot of points on the board for yourself individually but as, as a you know as a trio you just seem to have that chemistry you know as a little bit of toughness there arrives obviously the speed to burn from yourself and I know Rudy was was as skillful as they come as well yeah it was uh I think it didn't start until a few months in that we started playing together it was just one of those things that uh I think yeah you said it pretty well you know all those all those skills and assets combined, it just kind of worked. It was a good, uh, it was a good fit for all three of us. Rives obviously moved on uh, this year. We'll maybe touch on that later at some point. And he's changed his name. I think it's Brian Riley now instead of Blair Riley. But, um, <laughs> we'll come on to talk about that. Going into your second year, you managed to entice Curtis Leonard to come to Belfast. Was it a hard sell? Uh, no, it really wasn't. He was, uh, he was interested in doing the schooling as well. And, Obviously, I think it was pretty good for Thorts would have won him too. He won uh, defensive defenseman of the East Coast Hockey League that year before. So I don't think it was a hard sell for any parties involved, really. And going into that second season, knowing that you're going to play Continental Cup, um, you're obviously, you know, you're going to try and retain your trophy against the Challenge Cup uh, and, and um, obviously winning that the first year in Cardiff. A couple of new players coming on board, a lot of experience with Patrick Dwyer and um, obviously John Ferdinand for his second year. Dustin Johnner coming back from a season where, you know, I think he only played up to 20, 22 games. But he was like a new signing as well, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, there, was, there was a lot of pieces there that uh, were pretty good and had a lot of talent for sure. Continental Cup. Obviously, you play your first round in November. Um, you, you've got you're up against the, the team from uh, Katowice and um, I can't remember Bolzano was there I can't remember the third one but the, the arena was buzzing that weekend it was you know you, you obviously have a you play six games and you've got a chance to win a trophy and um, what was your experience like for it as a player? Yeah that was uh, that was a great experience for us you know obviously added a few extra games to the schedule which uh it's a little more taxing, but when you're playing those kind of games, it's pretty easy to get uh, fired up for them and stuff. And obviously, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, the the ending wasn't the best situation. It's pretty tough to lose in a, a shootout. It's just kind of, you don't really see it too much in hockey, like a playoff game ending in a shootout. So other than that, it was a great experience, and it was a lot of fun, especially, especially being able to have it at home in Belfast. Yeah, playing playing at home was huge, but that that game against Ireland from Kazakhstan. Um, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to, to call the game for Jan's TV, and, and I don't know if you noticed and look back at it. I did go a bit nuts over it, like 
But as a, <laughs> you know, it as was a, it was rocking for sure. It was unbelievable. The atmosphere in the building that night, and I mean, I've I've been there for twenty years now, and and that night was was right up there with the loud some of the loudest screams and loudest noise I've actually ever heard. Without um, a doubt, from an arena. Yes, without a doubt. You you've got the the, the Continental Cup out of the way. And I want to ask you about the following weekend. Obviously, it was really disappointing that game uh, against Ireland. You're coming from 2-0 down to get it back to 2-2 with a few minutes to go in the game, go to overtime, lose it in the shootout, the shootout as you said. But the following weekend, you had a big double header against Cardiff. What What's the mentality of the guys going in there? Because even at that stage, you, you, you weren't far off playing as many games at that stage of the season as you had the previous year completely. Yeah, I just... Uh... I just remember that we were going into that weekend, and I think we pretty much knew that we had to, we had to get. I don't know what. I don't can't remember if we won both of them or. No, you, you lost. You lost both games in Cardiff. Um, oh, in weekend. Cardiff. Oh, in Cardiff. Oh yeah, that was a bad one actually. Yeah. Got got waxed. And again, you're you're coming out of that, and and then I mean you you. you where you step up and you, you guys win 11 of the next 13 games, and that really did make a big push down the stretch because obviously, you know, it's never like this well. It's never a good time to lose to Cardiff Devils, but that really put them in a in a strong position. But from a from a perspective of a Belfast Giants player, it, it was it just looked like you just never gave up after that because you got the, the bus moving, you got everybody going in the right direction, and it was it was a real big push down the stretch for you and your teammates? Yeah, I, uh, I think I remember for after that weekend, it was kind of like, you know, they, they beat up on us pretty good. And it was like, are they that, are they a better team than us? Or what's the deal? And I think, you know, guys got home and thought about it. And you think like, well, if we're going to be scoring more points than them throughout the rest of the season, we're going to have to do a lot better job because obviously they had a great team too. So I think it was pretty eye-opening realizing that like, they're gonna they're gonna be winning a lot of hockey games the rest of the year, so we better really buckle down here if we want to have a shot. Eleven wins, as I say, in the next thirteen games after that uh, uh, double header in Cardiff. But going right down the stretch, you ended up playing. You were sixteen and four for the last twenty league games, and that was always going to give you an opportunity. And and <laughs> it's probably not the ideal way you'd want to win it, but winning the league in a hotel when you're having a couple of pints with your with your buddies. What was that experience like? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, I don't care how you win it, where you win it, or when you win it, as long as you do. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty little different, weird experience, you know. It was probably a little more emotional because you're doing it with your buddies, and it was kind of something that, like, wasn't really expected, you know. It was uh, – we didn't think we were – going to get fortunate enough and get the the breaks that we did so it was a lot of fun yeah it was good time good time and i want to ask you about the playoffs I mean, you know we we well Coventry beat the cardiff devils uh they get to the the uh obviously the, for the giants to win the league that year and then the following weekend the Coventry players come into belfast and they were greeted <laughs> on the ice like a like a home team of champions <laughs> um, and we we go out and thump them five nil. Um, but going into the playoff weekend, you beat Guildford two uh, one. That was a real battle, um, and that was your first experience of of well, a frozen four at a weekend. What was your thoughts on the Nottingham weekend after that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, guys that had already played in it uh, the year before I got there had said it was really fun. 
fun weekend, great atmosphere. Obviously, it's uh, there's a lot on the line when you're only playing two one-offs. So it was it was quite an experience. You know, obviously didn't turn out the way we wanted to in the end, but it was a lot of fun, and great atmosphere. You know, it's something that you you don't really see too often in professional hockey. So it was pretty cool. I want to ask you about that hit. Uh, you obviously didn't see it coming. Um, it was a bad hit, uh, hit to the head, and that obviously ended your season a wee bit abruptly. But uh, what's your recollection of the of the play? Oh, I was just trying to uh, get pucks deep, and obviously their D-man stepped up as hockey. You know, it's it's a physical sport. It happens. So it wasn't uh, any hard feelings or anything. I think it was just a hockey play that uh, I ended up being on the wrong end of the stick. Wrong end of a, of a big stick. It, uh, it certainly <laughs> did. I mean, you, you went off the ice, and you came back on for a shift. Was, uh, was it, your, it was your decision to come out of the game, or was it Adam's decision? Uh, it was it was my decision, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, meant to be for sure. Tough end of a season where ultimately you were, you know, a post away in the Continental Cup from winning that, and obviously you know you're going into the the game of the Cardiff Devils and and a huge save by Ben Bounds on on uh, right at the end of the game there as well. And but you know four competitions. Coming very, very, very close to picking up the four trophies. That, that, that probably, well, I know you've only played five full seasons now as a pro, but that must have been right up there as, as uh, one of your best years for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. Would uh, I mean, obviously, it was a great year. If there's obviously we only won two of them, but like you said, you know, you get that close, you must have a pretty good team. You guys, we got to be soon doing something right just to put ourselves in those situations. So. It's always fun when you you're getting to those big dances and at least having your your kick at the can. Fifty goals, and Furnace Blair Riley says you've got fifty one. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't the first time you you, well, you scored fifty goals. I think you scored fifty two in the year that you were in the last year in Wellington. But fifty one goals as a pro, that, that's some going. Yeah, it was just one of those years where you're kind of shooting the puck and everything seemed to go in like you're getting the bounces and obviously talk playing with Blair and Rudy really helps. You know, they're obviously great playmakers and Riles can always, you know, go into the corner and he's probably going to come out with the puck four out of five times. So definitely uh, it was kind of getting a lot of lucky, getting to the right spots. And it was uh, just kind of seemed like everything was going our way that year. And you get a, a guy at the back who didn't do too bad either and tied your best for money. Yeah, that was another thing, you know, was even if we didn't uh, bring our our best game that night, he could still steal it for us. So that uh, that says a lot. Yeah, Besco was just unbelievable last year, like absolutely insane. Yes. I want to touch on um, your move to, to Germany. Um, how did that come about? Who made the first move for you? And was there any other interest from, from any other clubs? Yeah, there was. Uh, but uh, Corey Nielsen obviously watched me play in Belfast when he was the coach in Nottingham and was talking to him and stuff. And he thought it was be, he thought it was going to be a good fit for me. So I kind of weighed my options. And uh, I was happy that I went there. And it was a really fun year. It was good. Los Sitzer? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. It was the town was uh, Weisswasser, but it was Lucister Fuchs. And what's it like compared to 
Well, I know what you're not going to say anything about it, Belfast. Like, but what's it like? Uh, it, it was. It's a small town. Like, uh, I think it was only fifteen, twenty thousand and stuff. And it's right on the border of Poland, so it was a little bit of an eye opener at start. There's not uh, the biggest difference for me was the language barrier that you have to uh, have to go through because a lot of it's all uh, German speaking, obviously. So that was a little bit of adjustment for me. The biggest one that I had. Did you? Uh, can you speak any German now? Uh, I could speak the basics, but I'm not holding the conversation in German anytime soon. No, you're not going to hold it with me, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely speak English, mate. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know a couple of guys who went there. You touched on Corey Nielsen. What was he like as a coach? He was good. Uh, you know, he was really thorough, a lot of video, and he was very passionate about the game and got along really well with him. So I really enjoyed it. I really liked him as a coach and, Obviously, our team didn't uh, finish as high as we would have liked to, but it was it was a good opportunity and uh, had a lot of fun. You play again. You know, you knew a couple of guys that um, uh, you come up against. You always have a, a, a splattering of of North American players. But Mike Hammond and, and uh, Robert Farmer, two guys you played against the previous year. What are they like to play in the same room? Oh, they were great. They were both uh, great guys. Got along well with them and. It's nice when you only have a handful of guys that are uh, imports. You know, it's a little different. And uh, built a pretty tight group. It was uh, so it was all good. Really got got along with them great, and uh, it was a lot of fun. University of Ulster. Just want to touch on that again because again, it is a big. It's a big selling tool for the Belfast Giants. Um, what was your What were you studying? What was your um, takeaway from it as well? Because I knew you come back for a couple of days to to uh, pick up your award? Yeah, I was a um, master's of business administration. Um, I did it over two years and uh, it was great. It was a lot of uh, group work and the people in the class were a lot of fun to be around and stuff. Uh, Dustin Johnner and Cole Jarrett were, uh, and Kyle Bond were the other hockey guys. So we usually were together and spent a lot of time working on our project together, doing presentations and that kind of stuff. You know, it was it was a little uh, grueling at some points, but overall a lot of fun and great experience. And it's nice to, you know, have something that can never be taken away from you and uh, with you for the rest of your life. So that's always a good thing. I know, again, I forgot to mention a few minutes ago, but when you're in Belfast, your mom and uh, your dad come over a few times and, and they seem to enjoy uh, the Northern Ireland culture as well. Oh, yeah, they uh, had a lot of visitors from home and stuff that uh, people that would come over and watch games and kind of make it their vacation. So they kind of got two uh, two things done at once. They got to watch some hockey. They got to see all the beautiful sights of Northern Ireland and uh, the Republic of Ireland. So they always had a lot of fun. And I think my mom and dad ended up coming over three or four times, actually, throughout uh, my time. To see if you were going to sell Belfast, if you were phoned up and asked, from a, an ex-teammate or a, a guy that you know from your local area who, who was asked to come to play for Belfast, how did you sell it? I don't think it's too tough to sell. I mean, it's a great city, great place to live, and obviously the Belfast Giants are a top organization. So I don't think it's too hard of a decision for a lot of people if that's somewhere that they want to go and the Belfast Giants want them. It's not really too hard of a sell, obviously, uh Living there for two years, I really enjoyed every second of it. So there's nothing really bad you can say. And I think that goes a long ways when you're talking to guys. 
I wanted to, you know, we're coming up towards the end and we really do appreciate your time. I know there's, and I was going to say, you're probably other things to do, but you probably don't. <laughs> not a whole lot, not a whole the, lot. The, the whole season, obviously, for for everybody concerned, has ended um, prematurely. Uh, you were touching on that you didn't go the way on the ice that you wanted this year, but uh, what was the, when the season came to an end in Germany, because uh, DEL and DEL2 closed down a little bit quicker than everywhere else was, how did it come about and how quickly were you, were you out of there and back to North America? Yeah, well, it was it was kind of crazy. I mean, obviously, no one was expecting any of this to happen. Obviously, no one wants it to happen. But once the season was canceled, it was pretty quick for uh, the guys that were going back to North America because, you know, borders were starting to close. So it ended up kind of being a rush to get out of there just to make sure you were home and safe and with family during like the tough times so it was a bit of a roller coaster but i was happy to get home and at least be like in canada where you have health insurance for myself and all that kind of things and what what have you been up to obviously with the with the lockdown in the uk what's the situation in ontario um uh, ontario I, I i'm not 100 percent sure but i think it's all pretty similar you know it's pretty much just grocery stores essential services go for a lot of walks or runs during the day just to keep busy but not a whole lot not too much where about are you now uh in marysville ontario it's uh just a small little community uh between toronto and ottawa cool and uh what's next for darcy murphy uh, i'm not 100 percent sure obviously uh the hockey world is kind of at a standstill right now because of all the unknowns and Everyone's kind of waiting to see where the chips fall and how this is going to affect, you know, teams' budgets and how teams operate, how leagues operate. So right now it's just kind of waiting and seeing how things pan out and then go from there, I guess. I wanted to just finish on a couple of um, questions to see what, I mean, obviously you're you're a pro hockey player and I, but when you were dreaming of becoming a pro hockey player and as a youngster what sort of player what player did you look up to and go i want to be like him yeah um i was always a big fan of the toronto maple Leafs, so there was a couple guys on that team that i always watched and really liked and stuff but uh, as i got older i tried to watch brad marchand a lot he was uh, a few years older than i was so and obviously he's one of the best players in the world so it was obviously nice to watch him and Try and learn from the way he plays and that kind of thing. Role models um, off the ice and, and on the ice. Who who are your role models and uh, as a, as a youngster and obviously helping you um, through. And, and I'm sure you're you're probably going to say some guys at college as well. Yeah, I had um, one of my older cousins kind of did uh, the same thing I did. So he always helped me, you know, with the next step of how to how to move forward, you know, as a young player trying to move up and stuff like that. And then obviously, yeah, you get to, you get to college and you meet a bunch of your best friends that still best friends with today, obviously like Spiro and Kyle and those type of guys. So it's a, it's a lot of like that, you know, you're just kind of learning from everyone else around you. Well, have Spiro over for uh, Gary's testimonial. Unfortunately, um, you were, you were still playing in, in Germany at that time, but uh, it was great to see him. Like he's just a top lot. Yeah, he was actually over here two days ago, so we were catching up on old news, and it was uh, we had a lot of fun. And, um, I'm sure our story about the the taxi journey for you will come out at some point, but we'll save it for the meantime. 
<laughs> so, Sounds good. It's definitely one which it's, it needs to be told, but we'll let it go for, for the meantime itself because it is still the funniest thing ever. Like. Yeah, maybe save it for Spiro. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we'll do, actually. Darcy Murphy, this is, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I hope you're keeping safe and well and your family too, and um, we'll hope to speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot, kids. Stay safe. Take care, guys. Podcast Network.